Welcome to the Toffee Blues Opposition View with me, Max, again. And um, given the visit of Swansea City in the Premier League on Monday, with me here from a leading Swansea City podcast, the Jackcast, is Gutho. So uh, nice to have you with us, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, just to get straight into it, obviously, you're coming off a 4-0 defeat to Man City in the weekend, um, bottom of the league with just 12 points. One win in your last nine, um, and I've, as, as we were talking about then, I, I, I've list, I was listening to um, the odd episode of the Jack Cast there, and I came across an, an episode, something along the lines of the angriest and most depressing episode yet, and um, just to kind of get the feeling amongst the Swansea fans, and you know what the vibe is around the club for anyone who hasn't listened to that podcast. What's the feeling amongst the, um, the supporters at the moment? It's been pretty grim with, um, for pretty much the entire season, I'll be honest. The football's not good. Um, the results are, again, terrible. And there's a real anger with what's going on off the pitch as well with the way the club is run. Um, so put those three things together and you go in to get a fan base which which is pretty, um, pretty angry, if I'm honest. It's not even... Upset it. There is there is a degree of anger. Um, we went through a relegation battle last season. The way we finished the season kind of gave us hope that okay, we didn't have to go through the same thing again next season. But we're in December now. We've got the same amount of points as we had this time last season. Mm. And this time last season, we had Bob Bradley as a manager. So that yeah. tells you how bad it is. Really. Yeah. Um, but something that you you picked up on in that episode as well, and and it's kind of the obvious connection at the moment between Swansea and Everton, is um well our record transfer signing of Gilfie Sigurdsson, and you, you you pretty much did hit the nail on the head when you as you kind of got into talking about set pieces, particularly in that game against Brighton. Um, how can you just can you put into words how much of a miss Gilfie Sigurdsson is for you this season? There is just every single game a guilty size gap mm. um, just behind the striker. We've we've actually not even tried to replace him. We don't have a single player at the club who can play that number ten position. Mm. Um, so we're we're trying to make at, at best we're trying to make do with players who don't fit in that position. At worst, we just give up and don't actually play anybody in that position. Um, he is a huge loss. I mean, last season everything we did went through guilty Sigurdsson. Everything good Swansea did. Um, was down to him that we, we a lot of our um, a lot of our approach relied on his set pieces uh, in open play. He was the one who not only um, provided those um, you know killer passes, but he he had he worked harder than anybody else yeah. in the team. He was the one chasing. He was the one doing all the running. Uh, um, he did the work of two or three men for us. Yeah. Um, and we worked out a system in the second half of last season to keep us up. Um, which relied heavily on him and Fernando Llorente and in the final two weeks of the summer window we let both of them go Llorente mm. was replaced by Tammy Abraham and uh, Wilfred Boney both of whom have done reasonably well considering how badly we've been playing um, but we never did anything to replace Gilfie Sigurdsson and Paul Clement's frustrations about that he's, he's made them very very clear we're struggling 
it, it is the, the problem that we've got at the moment, the biggest problem more than anything else. The fact that we don't have this number 10, it just stifles everything we do going forward. Yeah, um, just, just as, as you alluded to there, it's kind of going to be my next question. Obviously, you know, you lost Gilfie, you, you lost Fernando Llorente, and, and you know, you, You've brought it. You've brought in. You know. You brought back Wilfred Boney, and you've signed the likes of Renato Sanchez, Tammy Abraham on loan. Um, you know, brought Sam Lucas, Roque Mesa. In looking at your transfer business, and and looking at the individuals, in particular Renato Sanchez, they aren't players that you'd imagine that would be playing for a team at the bottom of the league. You know. It, so can can you just can you sum up really on the pitch what's not going right what's what's not um, connecting? We we bought arguably decent players, but not for the right positions. We we bought three central midfielders in the summer in uh, Sanchez, Rocky Mesa, and Sam Lucas, all of whom play in a similar position, slightly different roles, but the same position. Um, Meanwhile, the, the gaping problems in the in the side, the right back issue. Kyle Norton is not a right. Well, he's not Premier League quality right back. He's, mm. he, he tries, but he's not good enough. Um, we've we've only got one left back at the club um, because, as part of the Sam Lucas deal, we got rid of our backup left back um, Kingsley. Um, we we got uh, we we desperately needed to strengthen on the wings where we have been poor for three or four seasons now. Um, that we didn't do that, uh, and of course we got rid of Gilfie Sigerson. We did not replace him, so we brought in players who you'd think could do a decent job, um, but we didn't bring players in the positions that we really, really needed. That we didn't bring in the number ten, we didn't bring in the winger, we didn't bring in the uh, right back, and on top of that, some of these signings have, have really not worked out. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Sam Lucas signing mm. to start with. I'm not a big Sam Lucas fan. I don't think he really offers much. I think he's one of these very average players, he'll give you six out of ten in most games for Hull. Well, that's what he was doing for. Well, for Hull, he was looking good in a bad team. I thought. Yeah. Um, since he's come here, he's been a total disaster. He's, yeah. He looks like a broken man. Uh, Renato Sanchez has come here, and he doesn't look like he wants to be at the club. Mm. Um, his his performances have been beyond shocking, um, and. Rocky Mesa is only now getting run in the team. So a lot of the summer transfers, they've just they they were misguided really in the first place. And since coming in, they've done very little, well, very little good anyway. Yeah, um, you know, like like you mentioned there, you know, the, the likes of Renato Sanchez, it, meaning no disrespect to to Swansea, the the kind of the whole deal seems to come about just through Paul Clement really. And uh, Paul Clement is a subject. Uh, I think, well, me in particular, I'm really interested in because obviously a, a British coach, um, and you know, the media highlights quite often how British coaches aren't getting the opportunities that they deserve and how opportunities aren't avail- available for, for British coaches. And being at a club where a British, a young British coach has been afforded an opportunity, can you sum up kind of? How it feels, it, 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 it's almost like Swansea, I don't want to sound harsh, but it's almost like an experiment, really, if that makes sense. Kind yeah, of, you know, I, he, I, I mean, that. I know he had a stint at Derby, uh, but this kind of seems like the real, where he's having a real go of it at a Premier League club. And can you can, can you summarise how what the attitudes are towards Paul Clement? At the moment, 
development that they're quite negative generally. Um, when when he was brought in, he, he came in with the club bottom of the league with 12 points, just like we are at the moment. Um, and nobody expected us to stay up. Um, but he performed a miracle. Like I said, found a system which, which got the best of the players that we had. And uh, we, we somehow stayed up at the end of the season. Fair play to him for, for achieving that. It was an incredible job. I don't know, it, it was a difficult summer losing Guilfi and losing Guarante. I don't think he's adapted to that. Uh, and this season, there's been a real frustration, not just with the results, but the, the style of football. He is a defensive manager. There's no doubt about that. That, that is his nature. He is conservative. Um, and a lot of fans don't like that. We've, we've been spoiled, really, with brilliant football for the past 10 years or so. Um, really brilliant, creative, attacking passing football and and the climate that's not what we've got um so there there is a degree of frustration among many fans with that i've not personally got a problem with the style of it if we win games i'm i'm fine with whatever style we use um even if it is a bit boring and a, a pretty difficult to watch at times that the problem is that the results haven't been good we've had three wins all season um most games we, we haven't looked like winning or even getting anything out of it. We've been very, very soft at home. We've lost to a lot of our relegation rivals and given them a, a, a route out of trouble. Um, and he's under pressure, there's no doubt about it. And when we beat West Bromwich Albion at the weekend, um, Wilfred Boney scored in the 83rd minute and Clement's celebrations were so exuberant and so well uncontrollable, really. Yeah. It suggested that that goal may have saved his job. Um, I think he was under real pressure and that goal just alleviated a bit of that pressure. I think he's probably safe in his job until after Christmas at the least. But he's got two big games coming up against Everton and then a, a much bigger game coming up against Crystal Palace who are um, a, a direct relegation rival and who haven't got a, an away goal all season. So it's a game that you would expect to win really yeah. um, if you want to stay up. That game I think could decide his future. Just before we get on to Monday's game, I, just like you alluded to before, Swansea uh, over the, over the last couple of years, you know, they, they can't. They've they've have always been a kind of team where other sides have had a soft spot for them almost because I mean, I mean, it kind of, it comes from Roberto Martinez as well, where that type of attacking football has kind of blossomed, and despite despite not being a team in the upper echelons of the table. You know, they've always been a team that's provided the good attacking football. And compared to now, that style just seems to have completely evaporated. Um, can can you yeah, can you just kind of elaborate on that? Because it, it seems quite surprising on how because don't don't get me wrong, some of the football that you did play was brilliant and it was as a as a neutral watching some of your games it was really entertaining to watch. So can you kind of pinpoint where that kind of attitude has been lost? Um, it started uh, under Gary Monk when we when we um, basically had, had the first really difficult period since we got into the Premier League. That was, what, the 2015-2016 season. Um, we started the season very well, drew away at, at Stamford Bridge, uh, beat Manchester United at home, um, playing some very, very good football. But gradually the confidence went as the results uh, went wrong. Gary Monk just lost his way slightly. And since then, the club has just changed from being one which was 
well-run, long-term thinking, everything done with a view to this very entertaining style of football. Um, it's suddenly a change to being short-termism and quick fixes and just looking for managers and players who were going to get us across the line rather than ones who were going to improve us as a side. Hmm. That's been going on now for two years. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we've seen the quick-fire quick hiring and firing of managers. We've seen players brought in who uh, don't really suit a playing, a, a passing style of football. Um, there's been frustration with the way the club has been run off the pitch. There's been a very controversial takeover of the club, uh, which has not been entirely popular. And there are some members of the old regime who were popular at the time, but who who have now become extremely unpopular because of their part in the sale. They are still hanging around the club, which causes resentment. There is just everything which was good about the club um, has been thrown out the window. Mm. And, and that's probably the thing that the fans are most angry about. It's that we had the perfect club. We were, we were absolutely loving life. We were playing amazing football. Um, we may not have been winning every game, but we were, we, we enjoyed watching the football. We had players who we could really, um, I, you know, I, identify with and, and be proud of. We had managers we were proud of. The club was run sustainably by, by fans, and then suddenly those fans who you thought were going to run the club um, in the fans' interests, they decided to cash in and get a quick buck, and. Um, since then, things have just been going wrong on and off the pitch, and it's ruined the mood of the club where fans was, used to be so, so proud of everything we did. And now, I'll be honest, there's a bit of self-loathing almost because we don't enjoy the football that we're watching. It's extremely defensive and, and not very accomplished. Uh, the results are bad. We're not proud of what's going on off the pitch. The mood has just changed completely. Mm. And you know, as, as as you mentioned, and it's something that we talked about when we were off camera. And I and a lot of other Evertonians can relate to that feeling almost, especially on the Cumin. You know, and when, when I've been listening to the Jack Cast and when I've looked at several other Swansea fan opinions, um, the effort of players and the desire of players just seems to be at a, an all time low, and that's really what it seemed like watching Everton. Under Cumin, so in that sense, we can kind of, we can relate in that when 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 things aren't going well, how frustrating it can be, especially when players aren't putting the effort that they should in on the pitch. And obviously, um, as as you've seen with Everton, you know, we, with the appointment of Sam Allardyce, it showed by by changing your manager how how quickly things can change. I mean, we're, we're unbeaten in our last five, one four, with the with, you know, with the exception of that Merseyside derby, which was a draw. Um, you probably wished you play, you were playing Everton a few weeks ago, given the way the way it's gone. But um, how can you see Monday's game panning out? Uh, like you said, we're playing Everton at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks ago, I would have said this was a game that we could really get something out of. Now I'm I'm much less confident. Um, our recent record against Everton is much better than it used to be. It used to be, but the, Everton was a guaranteed loss uh, or lost. You know, you, you had a brilliant record against us for years. And it just just look at the moment, Everton are going in the right direction. You've moved well clear of the relegation zone. You're now looking towards the top half of the table. I think you're playing better football generally. Um, 
uh, and and the kind of chaos that reigned earlier on in the season seems to have just quietened entirely. Um, whereas we are still trying to just battle our way out of trouble. Um, our away record of late has not been good. We've, I, gosh, we, we haven't. We haven't, well, we haven't won the game since our second, uh, an away game, sorry, since our second away game of the season. I don't think we've had a draw uh, even since, what, October when we played against Spurs at Wembley. Um, so our away record lately has not been very good. Um, I, I, I think we're going to struggle. Um, I, I, I think Everton just will have the confidence. You've got, you've got better players. I mean, you know, a lot has been said about Everton's transfer strategy over the summer. Um, whether or not you went for the right players, etc. But but you've got players in that team who, who can win you a game. Gilfie, we know about a Swansea fans. He's, he's brilliant. You've got Rooney, who's in form at the moment. Um, you, I mean, you, you even got, I mean, a player like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, say, who is not quite the finished article yet. He's still, you know, developing, but he's a player who can do things for you. And, and we lack those kind of players. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I think we're going to really struggle at Goodison Park, and I think it's going to probably be an Everton win, say two 0 probably. Mm. Well, um, well, I think we'll, we'll take that. I think <laughs> us Everton fans, I mean, particularly last night, well, because um, we were recording our reaction from the Newcastle game midweek. Um, we've can't because obviously with the, with the good run of form that we've been on, we've can't uh, we've we've approached Monday's game with a lot less pressure almost. Um, Whereas every, I mean, still to an extent, every game is a must, must, must win just to kind of steer clear from that being dragged back into the bottom half of the table because you know how tricky it is to try and work your way out of it once you've got stuck down there. But you know, we we were getting into a situation where we were discussing rotating players and you know bringing players that haven't had a look in, make the likes of. Um, Vlasic, Luckman, Klaas, and you know, try giving them a run up. But I, I kind of stopped myself midway and thought could be a bit of a banana skin because you know, as as you've said, as of late, your form against Everton hasn't been so bad. Because I mean, up until I think a three 0 defeat in the League Cup a few years back, I don't think they've ever beat us. No, so no, I mean, as, as as you say, your form has improved against us a lot recently so from to, from that from that perspective there is a possibility that you could turn us around I mean you know this is a game that we should be looking to get points from because you know we, we got hammered by Man City midweek but you expect that Man City hammer most teams they play against we get against Everton you're mid-table yes you're in a good run of form but um, let's face it we can't we you're the kind of team that we can get a point out of mm. if we can find a decent performance. Um, so, and, and, and like you said, that you're not entirely clear of the relegation battle yet. You know, if uh, you're in good form at the moment, but a couple of bad results and you could be dragged back in. But that's one thing we've been bad at is keeping teams down with us at the bottom. We've we've given away a lot of cheap points to clubs who have been able to get themselves out of trouble just by beating us. The West Brom result was a rare occasion where we actually did um, drag another team into the relegation battle with us. Uh, we haven't done enough of that. I, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't think Everton can be in any kind of relegation danger. But, you know, if in the short term we can make you boys 
panic a little bit and get a little bit edgy, then that's obviously good for us as well as another team trying to stay in the Premier League. Um, but that is going to be unlikely looking at the confidence levels of both clubs, the quality of the squads and, and just the results that we've we've had of late. Yeah, um, so I think that that's pretty much it for the for the football thought now, mate. But just as a little tradition um, on the opposition view, we just like to ask, what's your favourite film? It's a bore, it's a boring one. It's one that probably every says, but Shawshank Redemption. Um, yeah, I love Shawshank. I, I bet a lot of people say that, but it is just a classic. Yeah, that concludes this week's opposition view. Thanks to Guttall from the Jack Cast. It was great to have him on. Like, subscribe, leave a comment down below. It's always nice to hear your feedback. If you listen via podcast, then leave a rate and review. I've been Max for the Toffee Blues.